to another episode of Horror, Wine, and Crime. Happy two-year anniversary, KK! Happy anniversary! Guys, this is, it's been officially, as of the day we're recording this, it's been two years since uh, the podcast kicked off. June 29th. What would that, 2021? 2021, Anime Villa Horror to Horror, Wine, and Crime by Nation. And it's number two. It's our number two most listened to episode, which I think is so special. It is. It's bounced back from like number one, two, three for a while. And then it goes down and then it pops up. But as of now, um, I just wanted to, our top five episodes are Ryan Grantham. He was the child star, wimpy kid actor who killed his his mom. mom. And Reveal Horror, I think that's, like, self-explanatory. Right. Um, Missy Beavers was brutally murdered in her gym. She was, like, a gym. Yeah, I was at a church. She was teaching a workout class in the morning. Uh, number four would be the Yogurt Shop Murders. That was another terrible one for those young workers. And last but not least was Abby Hernandez. And she was kidnapped, and then she got away and was able to go back and tell the story and get the guy caught. Caught. Caught caught and convicted. Yeah. I know. Those are definitely so, like, good ones, and I love how it kind of, like, it'll switch up pretty often you know what is on our top five but yeah Amityville has stayed up there for quite a while now that one and I don't know I was just doing the top five but I just want to say that Maddie Clifton um she's number six she was the one that was uh I believe was accidentally we're not sure but in any case she was knocked out by the baseball by mm-hmm. her neighbor kid and then because he didn't want to get grounded for not doing his homework and chores he just killed her the rest of the way and then put her underneath his waterbed and... Because that's much better than, you know... And just kind of hoped that, you know... Nobody would ever find out. Yeah. But I only mentioned that one because that was our number one story for a very long time. And it just now got bumped, did bump, bump down. But thank you for all you listeners for keeping us going. Yes. Thank you for the past two years and all the downloads. I know. So many stories. Just so crazy, like how fast it's gone by too. I know. And then you think you're gonna run out, but then you're like, there's so much shit out there. It's actually really <laughs> fucked up if you think about it. Like you never can run out of true crime stories, which is really sad and depressing, actually. But Kay's gonna take us on a journey today. Um I'm not even sure what the story is, so I'm going to listen as you listen. And then stay tuned, because after, we're going to tell you what I showed Crystal, and we're going to give a review on it, and it's going to be fun. So fun. So first, we're going to get through some sad, gruesome, you know, twisty-turvy stuff that Crystal's going to take us down, and then we're going to finish on a high note. Yes, definitely. This, uh, this episode, this story, it's obviously, it's sad, um, but I will say it's not 
the darkest one we've done, so it'll still be a little bit of a lighter, um, a lighter episode. Um, so it won't be it won't be as super dark. As I mean, some of them when they click on here, they know that it's not going to be you know Care Bears that we're talking right. about. I mean, no rainbow and sunshine. You know, true us. crime podcast, horror movie podcast. It kind of means there's some shit's going to go down. Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. You guys know what you signed up for when you click to listen, so. <laughs> so I'm ready. Crystal's ready. I bet you Dax and Monica are ready, so. You know, they would be ready. Um, I'm going to call it if they ever listen. So, guys, let them know about us. We shout them out every single episode. His hometown fans are waiting for him. Oh, One yeah. day you guys are going to log on and be like, holy shit. He's on their show. We're trying. We're getting there. It's been two years. Hopefully it won't be two more before that happens. (laughs) Or we're just really, really psychotic fans and people are like, they need help. I know. But we're not not scary. We won't be dangerous. (laughs) I promise. (laughs) We'll be super fun. (laughs) But all right. To get into the disappearance and death of Adrian, or as people called her, Ada Quintal. So, Adrian Quintal, she was 47 years old. Now, this is a Michigan story, um, so it's a little bit of a local story. She was from Southfield, and she sadly passed away on October 17th, 2019. So, it's a relatively recent story that this happened. Um, Now, she was a proud mother of Nicholas White, and she was the daughter of Sharon Ferkovich and Anthony Ribbing, Um, and she had a sister, um, Jennifer Bryson and Julie Joy, and a brother, Tony Ribbing. So she had a lot of family around her, um, and... She was a super loving mom. A lot of people said she was, like, such a great mom. As well as just, like, an amazing daughter, sister, aunt. Just, she was great to everybody that she knew. She was a really big family person. And, you know, everybody said that her presence lit up a room. Um, And her memory will be carried with her family and friends forever just because of the impact that she had on all of the relationships in her life. Now to kind of get into like the story and what happened. Um, so Ada, she went missing on October 17th. She called her friend at 2.34 a.m. and It was not just like a normal phone call. This phone call, she was saying that she was in a shootout with two men, um, which the the Benzie County Sheriff's Office, they confirmed the story. So deputies obviously raced to the scene, but once they got there, there was no sign of Ada at all. Um, And this comes from the Detroit Free Press. They said that, you know, obviously this was an urgent matter. She called saying that there was a shootout happening. Police were, like, racing to get there as fast as they could. And then they get there and nothing's happening and Ada's nowhere to be found. So it was kind of like this big mystery of, like, WTF, what's going on? So kind of some backstory how she got there and, like, the lead up to it, I guess. So she had gone to the cabin 
she was getting it ready for hunting season um, and to see her boyfriend who left the town two days before she vanished, um, which the news had reported. So when Ada was there and she had called the cops and then they came, the only thing that they saw really were her boots and her cell phone. They were left on the roof of her family's cabin in Northern Michigan. So there was also her empty nine millimeter handgun on the ground below and the car that she was using was parked nearby. So it wasn't like, you know, she had left or like driven off. So they were kind of like, okay, her stuff's here and her car's here, but she's not here. Now, a mixed breed dog that Ada and her boyfriend had adopted only 10 days earlier from this whole situation, um, they adopted this dog from the Benzie County Animal Shelter. It was also found inside the cabin, but the dog was fine, you know, it was unharmed um, and it was locked inside of the cabin. And this cabin, by the way, was in honor which is like a small city, like 20-ish miles southwest of Traverse City. So she was from Southfield, but the cabin that she went to to get it prepared for hunting season was out by Traverse City. So at the cabin, um, which police obviously got there in the middle of the night after the call, they did find multiple bullet holes in the windows and ceiling inside. So obviously, you know, she's calling saying there's this shootout happening with these two guys. And then the police get there. She's nowhere to be found, but there's bullet holes all like in the ceiling and in the windows. So it kind of makes sense. Like, did they take her? You know, did they shoot at her and kill her? Or did they just like take her body and she's still alive like what's going on they're kind of trying to put together the pieces of what's happening now I just have to say like if you said like oh hey I'm going up to my family cabin for the weekend you know I'd be like oh have fun whatever and then you called me at like two something in the morning saying that like these two men are shooting at you and you're in a shootout I don't even know what the f I would think I would be like oh my gosh why did you call me? First of all, I'd be like, why did you call the police? Why are you calling me? I'm like, because you're my best freaking friend, okay? I'd be like, I love you, but call the police, bitch. First, not me. <laughs> so that's kind of where my mind went at first when I heard that she had called, like, her sister or whatever and told her this. I'd be like, girl, okay, but, like, call the police first, not me, you know, in this, like, urgent matter. Um, but, yeah, so... They got there, she was nowhere to be found. Now, it had been a lot of time. Um, it had been five weeks that passed where Ada was n n like not heard from at all. Five weeks is a really long time, so I can't even imagine like what her family and friends were thinking because the last thing they heard from her was help help like i'm in a shootout with these two guys like i need help and then all of a sudden nothing just disappeared her dog's there left unharmed all of her stuff's there her car's there but she's nowhere to be found i mean my mind would immediately be like pure panic pure panic of course but my mind would be like she's either 
they either killed her and hid her body somewhere or she's still alive and they took her and she's somewhere like those that's all I would think about the entire time um now obviously her disappearance had become just like this crazy mystery and there were a lot of theories that spawned because of this um and, and like what people thought may have happened to her and they range from like super bizarre like weird stories such as like her being abducted by aliens and all to the skeptical people saying that she staged the event so that she could disappear so like once this story had hit you know local news and everything people ran wild with what they thought happened because it was just like a very bizarre event there wasn't too much evidence left behind for police to work with so people you know people do what they do and they come up with their conspiracy theories on what might have happened and i kind of like feel bad for her family during this time because obviously they're probably freaking terrified of what's going on with her and then also like grieving because she's been gone for like weeks and weeks now and yet now all these people are kind of making a mockery of it being like she was abducted by aliens or oh she just created this whole thing so that she could like run away and start a new life and it's I feel like that's just like a slap in the face to the family to like publicly go out and say these crazy things when you know their mother and their sister and daughter is just like missing and not heard from after she said she was being shot at. Like how scary. Yeah, they're not confirmed that she's, you know, dead or not, but in a sort of way they're grieving already because they don't know. Exactly. Their emotions are high, you know, they're hoping for the best but preparing for the worst. And you ask the public for help and instead you get you know stupid people and you know it's like I don't know I just it just infuriates me because even with these like little I don't want to get sidetracked because you're in the middle of the story but even people like you get these like you know next door neighbor or like all the different things and people will go on there and post certain things and then you just get people trolling on it with it's like why do you have to say anything at all yeah like why do you even have to right. post on it if it doesn't concern you like if you you know you don't want the product that people are trying to give or sell or you know you don't like whatever i just or you don't believe whatever the person's saying like just scroll past it like mm-hmm so it just kind of takes me to that too. Like I just wanted to, it just aggravates the shit out of me. Like it goes back to what you learn in kindergarten. If you don't have nothing nice to say, how about you just don't say anything at all? Literally, a lot of people did not pick that up when they were in kindergarten because it's just insane and like I don't know, it's just like horrible. Like the amount of like people just feel like they need to add their two cents to everything and need to be need to talk about the story. And it's like you have to realize like there are people actually affected by what's happening that you're talking about and if it was you think about if you were in that situation and how horrible you would feel and people are just like sitting there making a mockery of it exactly it's horrible so 
to kind of take it back to the night that Ada went missing, it all started when she used her cell phone to make a four minute and 27 second long phone call. Um, so she, I'm, I apologize. I said that she called her sister, but it was a family friend in Warren, Michigan. And she called her at 2.34 a.m. on that October 17th night. And she said she heard noises at the cabin. Um, and the reason is because her sister, Jenny, was reporting on this. So she was she called them saying, like, I'm hearing all these weird noises. Um, and then her sister says that the conversation escalated when Ada was telling her friend, you know, okay, there's people outside. Like, first she's like, I hear noises. Then she's like, I hear there are people outside. And then she said that she had shot one of them in the face. And she told this family friend to call the police. Now, the friend, frantically, I'm sure, on the phone was trying to get Ada's address um, so that she could tell the police exactly where she was at. Because, you know, her friend's in Warren, and when you call the police, it's not going to go to exactly where Ada's at near Traverse City. Like, that's, it's not going to, like, work out that way. You know, they can transfer the information, but if she doesn't have the direct address, it's going to be hard for them to exactly figure out where this is they can't ping the phone right and i'm sure the friend oh gosh i feel so horrible for this friend because the amount of panic she had to feel he or she um had to be insane and then also to not i'm sure even trying to get a hold of like any of ada's family was difficult because it was like two in the morning so i can't even imagine what the friend was going through um, so, yeah, she was trying to call back to get the address, um, and she called her back after calling police, but the call went immediately to voicemail. And since then, she hadn't been heard from. Um, her sister says, it is gut-wrenching. I lay awake every night wondering where she is. Now... Benzie County Sheriff's investigators, they're trying to figure out what happened to Ada. You know, with firearm deer hunting season coming up, they're asking hunters at the at that point. They were like putting out PSA, you know, keep a lookout in the rural area nearly 250 miles from Metro Detroit. You know, they're saying look out for any clues while you're out there hunting. You know, just keep an eye out because you never know you know, people get deep into the forest, they might get pretty far. Um, so Ada's family, including her ex-husband, they had doubled the reward for information in the case to $20,000 through November 30th, just, you know, with the hope that someone would come forward with any piece of information that can lead them somewhere. Now, her sister had told the Detroit Free Press that the family raised the reward after that $200,000 for information on Ada's whereabouts until November 30th. Now, that's like a lot of money, and they were putting it all on the line. You know, they, would, they were just praying and hoping that it would entice somebody to just look around and see what they could find and figure some piece of information out. Uh, her sister says, it's a total mystery how she vanished and our family desperately wants some answers. 
Now, something odd to know, about eight minutes after she had called that family friend that night to say about, like, the shootout and everything, the Benzie County Central Dispatch, they received a 911 transfer from Michigan State Police uh, dispatch from the friend, and the friend told the Benzie dispatchers that Ada was involved in a shootout with two men. She said that Ada told her that she shot one of them in the face, that the other man was shooting at her, and that she was shooting back at them. Um, and the Benzie County Sheriff's Office said in a news release earlier this month, it stated that Ada told the friend to call police for her and provide an address. But that turned out to be an incorrect house number. So at 3.08 a.m. that night, the dispatch, they ended up getting the correct address from one of Ada's relatives. Um, and then seven minutes later, authorities approached the cabin, which I don't know if it was just like in the excite, not excitement, but like craziness of the moment that she gave the wrong address. Well, her adrenaline was probably. Yeah, kicking in and she was probably just like trying to say as much as she could in the moment without like. As much as she could, obviously, if, with all that going on. So they found, like I had said, the multiple bullet holes in a window. And they searched for any evidence of an injured person or forced entry into the cabin. But they found nothing of that sort. They found no blood or no evidence of someone who had been hurt in or around the cabin. But they did find evidence suggesting multiple shots were fired from inside the cabin to outside. But none that were shot from outside to inside. Which is just kind of weird if she's saying that people are shooting at her from outside. Yeah, that's... It's sad. Because yeah. it means that there's something more psychologically wrong. Mm-hmm. Like what's going on here? Because it's not really adding up. Obviously, there was something more going on with her and... Right. Exactly. Um, now, they say that there were about a half dozen bullet holes, including one in the ceiling. Um, now, Detective Troy Lamerson, he said that a portion of the ceiling rafter was cut out to retrieve this, like, bullet hole, like the spent bullet... And a driver's side window of her vehicle was also struck. So they took that as well for testing. And he said that there were casings around the outside of the cabin from what appeared to be multiple guns with some casings older and rusty and others were newer. He said that authorities are, you know, they took this all in for testing and were awaiting results of the ballistics test because that's really all they could go off of at this point because they had no other, there was no blood or no other evidence to even test. So Detective Lamerson, he said that the vehicle was registered to Ada's boyfriend um, who has been at the cabin with Ada, but he left in another vehicle that he owned two days earlier to return to Metro Detroit. Um, so he, you know, was kind of cleared out. They didn't think he was involved in any negative way at all. And 
he also says that Ada tried to call two other people uh, who he, for some reason, declined to identify. I don't know why, maybe just because he doesn't, he wants to leave them out of it. And he doesn't think that they're involved at all. But she did try to call two other people before she called that family friend that she did get a hold of. I mean, again, it was two in the morning, so people were probably sleeping and just didn't get the call. Um, he said that the family friend told police that she did hear multiple gunshots in the background when she was on the phone with Ada. So obviously, like, there was shooting happening. Um, and Lamerson said that the house was secured from the inside, but authorities found some windows at the cabin open, including one with bullet holes in it. And he said that Ada most likely got out of the cabin through a small window on the west end of the house. He says from there, he's guessing she may have climbed onto the roof where that's where police later found her boots and her cell phone. Um, now, it's unclear how her gun ended up on the ground, but if she was on the roof, you know, it's highly likely that she just dropped it or it slid off or whatever the case was. There were no notes left behind and there's no video footage that authorities have found. They didn't have like security cameras at the cabin or anything for them to go off of and the neighbors nearby they're pretty the houses were pretty like spaced out um at Lamerson said uh, but one living in the area they had one person and they thought that they heard gunshots around 2 30 a.m that night which obviously matches up to the story um he said a neighbor spoke with Ada the night before and it's they said that everything seemed normal and legit like they didn't think anything weird was going on um and lamerson said that authorities had a couple of call-in tips in weirdly like different locations about people who looked like ada but nothing came from it because it wasn't actually her and they were just probably people just trying to help thinking like oh this kind of looks like her maybe this is her but nothing came of that so Lamerson says we have not ruled anyone out as a suspect or ruled out any possible theories on what could have occurred. He said adding that everyone is a person of interest and no one is in custody or charged. Basically that means we don't know what the F is going on. I feel like that's got to be such a frustrating thing to hear when you're her family or friend because that's literally him saying we have no idea at all. It's the worst. Yeah. Because I feel like if somebody did try to break in and kill her, then at least, you know, somebody else was at fault. Right. Exactly. You know, if she was found murdered in the woods, okay, then somebody killed her. There's answers. Mm -hmm. The not knowing is almost just as bad as the story itself right i feel like it's worse because you're probably sitting there spiraling thinking of all the different things that could have happened but you don't have any indication of what actually is going on so there were several theories that authorities had um you know things that they thought may have happened they kind of were just going off of these theories at this point he said that some of those theories include that obviously Ada was abducted. 
she had some type of medical or other problem that caused her to believe some people were after her and she fled into the woods and the swamp area. Um, another one is that the incident was staged because she wanted to get away from her life or she was in fear for her safety and she wanted to get away. So like, again, just different theories they had thrown out there. They didn't know which one was the case. And Lamerson said that authorities haven't located any evidence consistent with people being at the cabin. You know, they had checked hospitals to see whether there were any gunshot victims who might fit what the description was that Ada gave the family friend that morning on the phone. But nobody fit that description. Nothing came from that. Um, her sister said she discounts a lot of the theories including some of the wild ones that people posted on Facebook kind of like the the alien abduction one um just the crazy ones she's like this is not true and because of what she knows about her sister she called Ada a beautiful girl um who is the youngest of four siblings she said Ada graduated from Warren Fitzgerald High School and has been a concealed pistol license holder for at least 10 years and never went anywhere without her 9mm handgun. Um, and she said that her sister was a good shot, so she was obviously very educated and knew what she was doing with a gun. Um, she even says that her sister had worked in the auto industry as a contractor for an engineering firm as a database analyst, uh, but she did have some health issues and was ultimately laid off. And she hadn't been working full-time for about two years, but she was doing different odd jobs uh, that their uncle had paid her $500 to do to make repairs on, on the old cabin because he was just getting older and he was unable to do all the work and she needed money obviously because she was laid off from her job so he paid her to do different renovations to the house. And her sister says that, you know, she doesn't buy the theory that Ada would stage her disappearance. She said that she loves her, her son who at this point was an adult. She loves him too much to put him and other relatives through that heartache and pain you know, she says if if she wanted to leave, she would have left a note and taken her purse, her vaping devices, her vehicle. And she says all of that was at the cabin. Like this isn't a case of like her running away because she would have at least taken her things. And another thing is her sister says that she was involved in an altercation in Metro Detroit in July. And in this like altercation, I guess Ada was seriously hurt and she was hospitalized. But her sister didn't really want to go into too many details because she didn't want to like impede the investigation. I don't know, she says that her nose was broken in the altercation and she had a concussion, which her sister says might be considered a traumatic brain injury. I don't know why she didn't want to go into too many of the details. Maybe like the altercation part she didn't want to get into, like to paint her sister in a bad light or something. Possible. Or if there was an already an ongoing investigation between who she got in a fight with that could be kind of like messing up the 
like the the defense or yeah. whatever side i don't know if she was suing or being sued or if there was charges pressed you know they might have had like a don't talk about it right. like don't whatever and even though that she has since passed or disappeared or you know whatever um she probably just doesn't want to chance anything and if they were possibly being the ones that sued maybe they still wanted whoever was in charge of beating up her sister to still get justice for that yeah that would so you don't want to talk too much about i don't know that's just me spitballing no, I feel like that that makes a lot of sense because if there was something going on, an altercation, a lot of people sue for different things with, like, altercations, especially if she did get hurt and got a concussion that could have led to, like, more brain damage. Yeah, I could see why she wouldn't want to, like, mess with that trial going on or that lawsuit or whatever the case was with that. So, in a lengthy online interview with John Lorden, um, who he has a true crime program called Brain Scratch on YouTube, um, Ada's sister talked about the possibility that Ada suffered a mental breakdown that night. We thought possibly she had like a mental break because of the head injury. Possibly she could have gone running off into the woods. It's very densely wooded up there. It's very marshy and swampy in the area. And that was our first fear is that she had suffered some kind of medical or mental break and that she was somewhere in the surrounding woods. Now, her sister also told the free press that the person who hurt her sister hasn't been caught and She's not going to write that off until that person is found and cleared by the police. She said that her sister had been drinking when she was attacked in the summer, but according to the medical records that her sister said that she saw, there were no drug, drugs at all in her sister's system. She said that she wasn't aware of any problems that her sister had with drugs or alcohol. She didn't think that there were any problems or anything going on with that. Um, and, you know, Ada has no criminal history, so there's no, like, shady or weird things in her background that they could really dig up or use. Now, while her sister said she won't discount a medical condition or something like that involving her sister's disappearance, she is leaning towards her sister being abducted, you know, and I, I feel like I would lean towards that too. If my sister called in the middle of the night saying people were shooting at her and then all of a sudden she's gone, I feel like I wouldn't think that my sister was having a mental breakdown. I would legitimately think someone took her and like people were shooting at her. Yeah, especially if you hear it in the background. Like yeah. And you're not there, you're, and your sister up to this point seems like she's got her head on straight. Mm -hmm. Why would you doubt her? Why would you not believe her? Right. You wouldn't think really anything other than what she's telling you because obviously, like, it's just so crazy, like, so insane, like, that that would happen. I feel like you wouldn't believe anything else. Um, her sister said maybe, you know, what she thinks may have happened is someone followed her sister, who was very likable, home after, you know, she took the dog out 
around or was out buying supplies to do work on the cabin. And, you know, Ada was planning to spend a month or so there. So she doesn't know. Maybe someone was, like, stalking her in a way and, like, followed her home and, like, wanted to kidnap her or whatever. Um, and she did have a message for her sister when she did speak out about this. Um, she sent this message out in case her sister was listening or like could hear it. She says, I want to know where you are. I want to know that you are okay. Now, unfortunately, Ada would not receive that message um, because her body was discovered near a dam roughly 300 yards from the honor cabin that she vanished from on October 17th. So when they found her body and were was like examining everything, it didn't appear that any foul play was at hand or was a factor in her disappearance. Um, so it had been two months since she had gone missing and they finally found her body and Benzie County Sheriff Kyle Rosa, he told local news that the results of an initial examination of the body seem to indicate otherwise. He says, we did not see any evidence of there being another party out there shooting back at her or doing things that were described. He says, I just can't explain it. I'm not sure what her state of mind was at the time, whether it was a medical event. We do feel that she was there the entire time. Now, family members, they found the remains of Ada while searching for her on their property in honor. Um, so her sister says, her sister Jenny says, my husband and brother-in-law found her, but we are all here. They found the 47-year-old's body submerged in water near a dam near the cabin, like I said, 300 yards away-ish. Um, and yeah, it was flooded. The area was flooded and she was kind of like a little bit submerged, but they could still kind of see her because she was poking out a little bit. Um, and search parties had looked for her in that part of the property, which is... You know, some people were saying, well, people were searching for so long. How did they not find her right there? That was, I was going to say, 300 yards does not sound right that far to be missed. Especially looking for her for two months. That's what people were saying. Like, how did you miss that? And they kind of chalked it up to the area is extremely swampy and difficult to navigate and like the water levels can change. So like, they don't know if like she was more underwater and people just didn't see her in this area. So there must not have been a dive team. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know if it was, I don't know exactly if the search parties were just like, you know, people, local people around doing this search along with the police. I don't know how intense, um, this was but yeah I, I don't know and police once the body was found they didn't name any suspects they didn't name you know a cause of death or anything they really wanted to do more investigating to make sure that they got the story right and exactly what happened 
So they did conduct an autopsy to determine the cause and manner of her death. Now, on Saturday, her family posted, um, excuse me, on that Saturday after she was found, her family did post a heartbreaking update on their Facebook page that they did dedicate to the search for her. And they wrote, we are heartbroken as the search did not have a positive ending. Her family is devastated at what they found, but they are ultimately relieved that the search is over. You know, it's, I feel like it's one of those things. It's a horrible outcome, but also they're relieved that they got answers, you know? Um, her family wrote, we can rest a little easier knowing that the journey so far has come to an end. It's been hard searching for her, and even though we're glad to have some closure, it's been heart-wrenching. I would ask that anyone would turn on their porch light or their Christmas lights or light a candle for her because she's finally home, said her sister. Oh, that's so sad. I know. So, obviously, the next steps were just to continue the investigation and do medical and toxicology reports to just see, like, what happened to Ada? Like, what, what, like, what happened? So once all of those tests were, were concluded and finalized, um, her death was ruled accidental. According to the toxicology report, drugs were a definite factor, which is just, it's just really sad. I mean, it's sad either way, whatever would have happened, you know, if, if she was murdered, that still would have been really sad. It's just sad that... You know, I feel like it's sad for her family to be like, oh, it could have just been prevented. Yeah, it's like one of those, the truth hurts situations. Exactly. Because it was very self-inflicted. Mm -hmm. And they said that she didn't have her drug or alcohol problem, which means there's probably a lot of guilt that they didn't catch it. Right, that they didn't know. And maybe she didn't, and maybe this was like a one-time thing, or I don't know, it's so maybe hard to say. pain pills, gateway, if she got... Yeah, she was for her injury, maybe. Maybe that... she was started with pain medication and then just, you know, ended up escalating to stronger and stronger. Mm -hmm. and... Which sadly is a thing that happens to too many people. So, um, Ted Schendel, who was the Benzie County Sheriff, he says the amount of meth in her system was quite significant. So whether she had walked off or stayed in the cabin... Either way, the amount that was in her body was going to end her life. So she had overdosed off of meth. And I don't know, I'm not, I don't know too much about meth. Not too much? Not too much. <laughs> she, didn't, she just knows a little I much. I don't know a no, but... Um, that I, one I time at band camp, no. <laughs> yeah. I just do know that it is a very intense thing and it can make you, your mind go like spiral and make up situations that you think are happening. So I feel like that makes a lot of sense with her last phone call, I guess I'll say. Um, now, the sheriff says this type of drug in your system does cause hallucinations. And that's kind of what we're leaning toward is that she was hallucinating scenes from imaginary people. Um, and he says that's why she was shooting the place up. That's why they found the bullets and like the 
the gunshots inside of the house and not outside because clearly she was hallucinating these people shooting at her so she was shooting back um and there was no foul play uh, that appeared to be a factor once she was found so it was pretty evident that it was from the drugs now the detective says that her sister was just so adamant that she was not a drug user um According to the Associated Press, the medical examiner in Benzie County, he pointed to the effects of methamphetamine and diazepam, which is an anti-anxiety drug, according to the report that they released. Um, and cold weather, they said, was also a factor which led to hypothermia as well. Well, she was in the water, too. Yeah, so the family obviously was just extremely shocked and in disbelief because of the drug use um which again is just so it's just really sad because if i if i like think of my sister i'm like my sister doesn't do drugs like my i know my sister doesn't do drugs but then if she was found dead with meth in her system i would be like i mean i would be extremely heartbroken because i'd be like how did i not know you know so i can't i can't even imagine how they feel you know with all of that um so the case did ultimately become closed and that was just the sad truth was this big mystery she just sadly had too many drugs in her system wandered off into the cold and sadly passed away i know we're not supposed to talk about it and we're not supposed to say anything about it but it gives me Fight Club vibes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's not what I was expecting to come out of your mouth. <laughs> Just like the whole time when he's, you know, you're thinking, oh, my God. And then you find out Brad Pitt's a figure of his imagination. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like one of those things where you're just like, it probably wasn't even, like, a thought in their head at all, obviously. To her, it was very real. To her, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, because I guess, you know, if it does, the drug that makes sense causes hallucinations, then it just, you know, completely, it ties the situation and story together on what was but going on. when we ever, when we meet Brad Pitt to yes. talk about the movie California that he's done. Oh, my goodness. Um. Will you promise me you won't tell him that I broke rules one and two of Fight Club? I promise that your secret is safe with me and the creepies forever. Okay, I didn't talk about it. We, yeah, you didn't. Okay. So you're good. You're in the clear. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, a lot of this information came from MLive, People, Detroit Free Press, Click on Detroit, the New York Post, and then also I did get some personal information of her from the Manziuk and Son funeral website. Um, so yeah, that is where all of that came from. But yeah, just a sad story. Like I said, I mean, it's still dark, obviously, but not like the darkest one that we've done. But I do, I do just like want to send love and prayers to her family because that just has to be a really sad feeling and situation but there's nothing they could have done you know they didn't know and it happens to a lot of people it's not anybody's fault it's just a very unfortunate thing so yeah that kind of will wrap up that 
that devastating story um, of how she passed away. So, yeah, sad story. And, again, just shout out to her family and sending love to them. So, hopefully, there is some peace and a little bit of... I don't even know what a little bit of, but hopefully her family just finds some peace and maybe just peace knowing that if she was having a problem and she was sick and doing drugs, you know, she didn't ask for help. They didn't know. So maybe if anything, she's not in that kind of pain anymore. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, it's probably probably taking a lot of guilt and a lot of self-guilt on the whole family of not knowing what she was going through. But if she was hiding it, obviously she was doing a dang good job of it. Right, yeah. Unless it was like, I mean, I don't know, maybe it was like a, a one-time thing. Maybe it was her first time doing it. Like, who knows? But why would you go do it by yourself? I don't know. I mean, usually if it's a one-time thing or you've never done it before, to me that seems like it'd be a party or a boyfriend or a friend and you're like, hey, let's try this one time, you know, to go do it by yourself. That And for it to be meth. That's like a big, yeah, that is true. You know, it's not like where I could say, okay, she was, you know, coked out. Right. Or, you know, shot up or, you know, something like that Mm -hmm. to where it would have been her probably go to right and even if meth was her go-to obviously she missed diagnosed her or missed uh what's the word like the dosage of it i guess um to where whatever she was doing she needed more to get to that high Mm -hmm. and it was too much yeah it's so crazy because we'll never know that portion of it or like the reason why she did it or how long she's been doing it or anything like that and even her family i feel bad that they won't get those answers either but like you said hopefully they found peace with you know at least they know what happened to her and the case is closed and they can move on and just remember her and the good times that they all had with her and what a great person that she was um when they when she was here with them But yeah, that was a sad story. Um, a little different than, you know, usually it ends in like a, some sort of crime thing. But it was definitely a mystery that turned into like a more personal issue, I guess I would say. But to kind of switch gears now, Lo's going to, she's going to take it away for us. Yes, and we are going to talk about a lifetime favorite movie, but we're going to do it after this break. Did that? 
Also, before you say anything, Lo was totally rocking out, doing the moves, mouthing the words to that whole thing. She's like, like she was in the freaking clip. Like she's an expert at it. <laughs> when I tell you I might be this for Halloween this year, you I'm totally not should. even kidding. You definitely should. So if you didn't get that from the big Easter egg that I just dropped, um, we are going to talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um... I am just, like, in so many fails right now. Like, <laughs> she loves it. So, a long while back, I had said something from the movie, and Kay looked at me like she had no clue what I was talking about. And then I said something else, and then I spouted out, and she's just, like, not getting what you're putting down. So I'm like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and... Um, she's like, yeah, oh, no, i never seen that. My jaw hit the floor. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. But then I realized the movie came out in 92. I wasn't alive yet. <laughs> so I was like, holy effing freaking forking shirt balls. <laughs> like, she... Okay. So I made sure that was on one of our to-do lists. That she had to see it. So last week when she came over, I'm like, this is it. This is what we're going to do. And I was like 12 years old again when I put the movie on. And it probably showed when she was watching the movie with me because I was terrible and saying the lines with the people. And like, I was like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, no, I had, so I had heard of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like, but I really had mostly only knew of like the show with um, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah, not the same. I know. I didn't really know there was a movie. I wasn't, like, super aware. I never saw the show. I just, like, knew of the TV show. And I'm pretty sure the movie came out first. I, yeah, I think it did. Um, but, yeah, Lo was so excited to show me this. And I understand why. It was a super cute movie. It was cool. I liked it. And I, lo- I think I just, like, also loved your enthusiasm throughout the whole movie. <laughs> she could literally, you guys, quote this entire movie, do all, like, the dance moves, like, do all the freaking... She could probably do the choreographed, like, fight scenes. <laughs> like, that's how much she knows this movie. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> but I thoroughly enjoyed it. So it was a great recommendation, Lo. Thanks. So this movie came out when I was 12 years old, and... That was in 92. Um, Before I continue, I do want to say an RIP and in memory of Luke Perry. Oh, yes. Uh, He was my future husband when I was in middle school, like high school. I wanted to grow up and marry Luke Perry. And from the first time I seen him as Dylan McKay in 90210, (laughs) hook line sinker, okay? She was in love. She was hooked. Oh my god, the hair, the clothes, the black car, everything. Like this his smoky voice. Oh like, my gosh. See, he didn't I don't get those feels from him, like when I watch him or anything, but I feel like it's because it was like you're like you were like young and he was your young crush. Well, Beverly Hills 90210 was brand new when I was twelve. Like it okay, came out. So yeah. You know, and it was fresh off the boat. Like, day one, I, right. me and my sister were, you know, every Thursday night when it was on 90210 and then Melrose Place right after. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, 
which I have a friend that says that she never did 90210, but she watched Melrose Place. I'm like, how did you miss 90210? It came on, like, right before it. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, You're like, wait, there's a disconnect here. Yeah, but that's okay. Um, so by you probably going back and watching the 90210s, as you were older, like, yes, it was cool, but they were, like, old school. Like, it Yeah, was... like, it probably, it didn't have the same effect. Exactly. For me, like, it would have for you. I did, however, when I was, like, maybe 15 or 16, I did watch 90210 when they redid it. So, I did watch that, and I loved Not, it. I mean, it was good, but it didn't have Luke Perry. Like... Actually, was he in it? He no, was... no, he wasn't. They had some of the original cast. Like He might have made a cameo, because he, Jennifer... Yeah. But yeah, he wasn't definitely a main character in that. But, but yeah, I feel like... He was busy doing Riverdale. I know, right? Playing a dad. Yeah, like, exactly. shit. <laughs> My daughter's like, isn't so-and-so cute? I'm like, um, I'm more about his dad. Yeah, you're like, I'm more into the dad vibes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I put this movie on for her, and I just, like... The fashion, the clothes, the colors, like, oh, my God, everything was yellow and hot pink and teal and just so very 80s, 90s. Everything was, like, so, like, nostalgic and pretty and, like, bubbly looking. Yes. Um, All the quotes, like, oh, my God, there was, like, so many favorites. Like, there was the, oh, my God, that's, like, so five minutes ago. (laughs) And then she shows up and she's, like, it's retro, like. (laughs) Okay, whatever, you can borrow it. Um, Pike isn't a name. It's a fish. Like, my husband has a co-worker, and he's like, I'm flying with Josh Pike, or he'll say, and every single time, I'm like, Pike isn't a name. It's a fish. <laughs> and when I tell you it never gets old, never. he tells you the complete opposite. Yeah. But, like... For you, it never gets old. I say it, like, every single time, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, you know, self-high-five. Yeah. Um, and then there's a scene where one of their vampire friends, he's already turned in, or one of their friends turned into vampire, and he's like, did somebody get an ouchie? Yeah. And the noise just... kills me at the end. <laughs> that just, like, grosses me out. Oh, my gosh. Like, I was just waiting for that scene, and then I... Who she, does she, it? She, who plays that guy? I, I forget. David Arquette? No, not that one. Not that one. He I think he did grow up to be something. We can find that out later. Okay. But at the time, I don't think he, he was anybody. Really yeah. yeah. But it did have a great cast. We're talking Christy Swanson, Luke Perry, David Arquette, Hilary Swank. And while I'm not a huge fan favorite, there was a cameo of Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. Very quick cameo. Sorry, I'm more team Matt Damon. Yeah, same. Which I don't know why people say that because they're not dating, but I think <laughs> they got their bromance. Yeah. And okay. then um, the goat, Donald Sutherland, he's just amazing. I like him better than his sons. <laughs> um, he, he is good. He's classic. He is. Class act. Paul Rubin. I mean, when you got Pee Wee Herman as a vampire, it's very fitting, but he scares me. (laughs) And then there was the song, How Funky Is Your Chicken? Like, it took a lot for me not to jump up in the middle of the living room and just do the dance and cheer. I mean, she was pretty close, you guys. She was pretty (laughs) close to doing it. Like, the enthusiasm on your face, I'm like, oh, she's loving this right now. Uh, Yeah, side note, I still know all the words. (laughs) Um, And, like, she just totally told you. Like, I 
I knew the moves. Oh, okay. she's like they're not this movie's number one fan, I swear. So in case you live under a rock and or you were like not born like, you know, my bestie boo over here when it came out. Uh, this is a comedy horror movie and it came out in 1992. It's about a teenage girl who becomes the chosen one to take out vampires. And these vampires are infesting this high school surrounding movie. She's a cheerleader. She's popular. She's beautiful kind of a dumb blonde i don't want to stereotype i got the blonde hair people but she just has like better things to do and she clearly states like she just wants to you know finish high school go to college move to london and marry christian slater is it that hard (laughs) i don't think so it's not that crazy (laughs) but instead you know she's in the locker room arguing with you know merrick you threw a knife at my head (laughs) Yes, and you caught it. But you threw a knife at my head. Yes, and you caught it. He's trying to prove a point. <laughs> Sorry, I'm back into the movie again. Um, we're actually now, we're all going to sit back and Liz just going to narrate the whole movie. Starting word from the very word. beginning. Um, but, and it's just fun. You know, once she, because in the beginning, she's just like, yeah, I got better things to do. Um, she totally wants nothing to do with Pike. He's like the, to her, Pike and his BFF, David Arquette. Um, they're nothing, they're just like little white trash people in their eyes because they're all rich. And and when I say like the amount of freedom she has that these parents gave him, I didn't, did not have that. No, her mom gave no Fs about her whereabouts or what she yeah, was doing. Right. Um, I mean, I'm glad my parents cared. Don't get, right, don't yeah, get that yeah. trusted. We love you, parents. <laughs> um, so then it turns into, uh, you know, let's work together, take out the vampires, and then the whole, you know, romance starts, mm-hmm. and, you know. So <laughs> don't ask people. I'm just going to continue on. Sorry. Um, so it just becomes a feel-good, fun movie. I went and seen it. A couple times with my cousin Jennifer Pogorski. Woohoo, if you're listening. Shut up. We went to the Dollar Theater in Allen Park. Which you thought you were going to say the Dollar Store. I almost did for a second. The Dollar <laughs> Theater um, in Allen Park, which is not there no more. Sad face. Um, and then I went a couple times with, you know, Rachel. And then I went with Danielle. Like, we just kept going. Like, it was just... Phoebe, I'm so sorry my dog is in the background throwing a fit because she can't get to her ball that I've gotten for her three times that she keeps pushing under a table. She's like a toddler, you know, when they like drop their spoon and they just keep dropping it because they just want you to keep getting it. That's yes. what she's doing. Um, I believe there was a sequel, but it wasn't the same cast. Um, okay. So I don't think if I did watch it, I don't think I did because I'm very stubborn and I'm like, yeah, no, I love the yeah. too much. Like, like you can't, they can't make it any better than the first one. Yeah, especially that. Yeah, no. Yeah. So, but it's just, it's such a fun movie. Um, the dynamic of all the cast, like going back and even now, like looking at Hillary Swank because when that movie came out, she wasn't the million dollar baby yet, you know? Yeah, she was so young. So now you go back and listen, seeing like, oh my God, this is where she started as like a space cadet, you know? 
Um, Pee Wee Herman, I watched him on Pee Wee's Playhouse with Talking Chair and, you know. Um, I can't get down with Pee Wee Herman. That man scares me. <laughs> oh, my God. The end of the movie. He's only got one arm because Luke Perry destroyed his other yeah. arm. You know, and he's like, oh, we can do anything. She's like, oh, yeah, clap. And I'm just like, oh, burn. Honestly, brilliant. Like, brilliant. Okay. Yep. Really did skip it. script writing there. Um, you know, but, yeah, it's uh, her friends think she's kind of, like, just lost her mind. Her boyfriend, you know, pretty much just starts dating her best friend. You know, broke up with her on her machine. It's just, you know, I could go on and on about the details. It was, it was going but, downhill for her for a minute. But she saved the world, and it cracks me up because at the end... Like, even while she's saving all these people, because they're all, like, about this dance that's coming. So she goes to the dance to save them. And, like, all of them are still, like, scared of her when it's over. And I'm like, she literally just, like, put a stake through, like, 15 vampires. Yeah, and the she whole, saved them. And they're all still, like, you know, she walks by and they're like, oh, oh Buffy. I like, know. Like, dude, she just kicked total ass and you guys are like they should be like kissing the ground that she walks on like kissing her feet like because she saved the world and their lives right then and there and they're still like treating her like shit yeah she saved the cheerleaders so she saved the world exactly okay wrong show but if you know you know idea if you know you know um hashtag hayden But, so if you haven't seen it and you like chick flicks um, with a little bit of, I mean, it's classified horror comedy, but it's really not scary. Yeah, it's not a scary movie. It's just because of the vampires, they probably, you know. Right. um, But if you got young daughters, go watch it with them. They're going to love it. Yep. You know, your, your daughters are turning 10. Now's the time to put it in, people. Right. So, or even if you're like me and you're 27 years old and you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's a good time. I liked it. It really is. So, that was our little uplifting conversation piece for the end of the night after the sad story. Yes. Phoebe Buffay Miller, if you do not stop, she just wants to be heard. Like if you guys don't remember, she's the mascot of our of our show. Until she unplugs the microphone and we don't know. (laughs) Yeah, she's also a little mischievous. So sometimes in a few episodes you'll you'll hear her little collar, her little whine. Which I made sure was off today. See, and she still wants to be heard. And her sister Lola is laying over there so quiet, so good. Lola's been out cold this entire entire episode. And she's usually the mischievous one. (laughs) Yeah, they're switching it up. They're switching up the roles for tonight. (laughs) Um, One last thing before we log off. I heard today, and it kind of saddened me, um, but... Danny Masterson was convicted of two rapes, so he's facing mm. up to 30 years in prison. Wow. Um, I don't want to say that it's sad that he got convicted. If he did it, he deserves to be there. 100%. If he didn't do it, that really sucks. When I say it's sad, it's because I loved Hyde on that 70s show so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I know... Him and Ashton Kutcher were, like, best bros outside of life. And I know Ashton, I think, was standing by him. Um, The only reason why he wasn't on the ranch anymore, because business, sorry, bro, you know. Um, So 
I just want to say that was a real bummer to me that he got convicted. I was really hoping that they would have proved innocence, not just found him innocent. To, right, right. But proved that he yeah. didn't do it. Um, if he did it, then I'm sorry, pack your shit, you need to go. Exactly. That's terrible that you did that. Yep. Um, if you didn't do it, I hope you get a another retrial while you're in prison or up for parole some way you keep fighting and you can prove that you did not do it right but so yeah it was a little bit of a bummer day for me because when you're like an actor you really hate to think that they could do something so heinous Mm -hmm. in their world and it's so sad because that's it's like the case with so many like freaking bill cosby he was beloved by everybody for so many years and then the disgusting horrible things that he did came out and it's like it's weird because it's feel you feel like you like know these people just because like they're in your homes and on your tv for like years upon years and you like get so acquainted with them and then you find Mm. out they're like actually horrible people who do disgusting things and it's like oh my gosh like why did i you feel icky about liking them. Yeah, I know. Do you know how many times I went to Subway because Jared did a great Ugh, commercial? Disgusting, yeah. Uh, yeah, now I'm totally Jersey Mike's. Yep, yep. Which, they just got better food anyway. Right, they do. <laughs> um, that was Sorry, a free commercial Subway. Jersey yeah. Mike's. You're welcome. <laughs> Subway has been downgraded. I'm sure Subway feels real salty about the whole Jared situation. They're probably like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what you mean, what we mean, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a few of them. We're not going to give it away, but maybe an Easter egg story coming. Yep, definitely. So, but we're going to head out because KK is going on vacay. (laughs) See what I did there? (laughs) rhymed. (laughs) So we got to get her home so she can get a packing and get ready for her. Her little trippy poo. Yeah. Yep. I'm excited. But I'll be back in no time to record another episode. So you guys won't be missing one at all. Yes. She uh, she came to record tonight. She could have said, "Lo, do it solo. I ain't got time for this. <laughs> I ain't got but time for she's that. like, no. My creepies, they are number one. I am doing this before I leave. We're dedicated. We're dedicated so... to you guys. So you better freaking listen. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. Hopefully you uh, enjoyed the true crime part. Hopefully you laughed with us at the Buffy part and uh, took a little moment of silence. That was for my Luke Perry. Oh, yes. Yes. So. I wasn't sure who, which moment of silence <laughs> we were giving. And... Come back next week and we'll have another whole episode, new case, new story for you. Yeah, stay tuned. We will catch you guys again and again. Happy anniversary to not only us, but to you guys as well for listening to us the past two years. We appreciate you. It's been a fun two years and hopefully there'll be at least two more. Right. (laughs) At least, you know. You know. (laughs) Two more days. Let's get this. Let's get these numbers growing. We'll keep building the creepy family we are watching the downloads go up and we are thankful every day yes so thank you guys spread the word keep on listening i'm gonna go take care of my dog yep she is still crying (laughs) 
All right. Well, on that note, we got to go. Stay creepy, y'all. Bye. Bye.